the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. A lot of news. This is why I hate the weekend. I hate the weekend. The dimwitted diapers fell up the stairs again. The Air Force One. Just get the portable escalator. He cannot walk. He can barely talk. He definitely cannot think. And I had uh, these terrible headaches. Was diagnosed with having a. a uh, anyway. What'd you have? They had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. Oh, God. I mean, it's pathetic. It's disgraceful. It's a Democrat politician lying through his fake teeth. That's what we have in this idiot. So the standard failures are what to expect, but this is not the standard failures. Now, I know we've got all this hyperbole to talk about and CPAC and Trump and all the rest of it. I understand. But what puts money in your pocket, what affects your life, is the destruction of your dollar. Now, I want you to have an idea of how important factory orders are. Factory orders are a leading indicator of the future economy as far out as eight months. I have yet to see this on any news site. And I watch Fox News. Granted, it's Neil Cavuto that I have to flip it because Neil Cavuto sucks as a business host. There's, he's destroyed the whole station as far as I'm concerned. You've got Bartiroma, and as, that's pretty much it. So you go over to CNBC, which is a much better business station. But I want to give you some perspective. So last April, this is how factory orders were reported. Factory orders are out. Let's get to Santelli. You know, Carl, we know there are issues, supply issues, and I think you're seeing it in these numbers. Factory orders for April down six-tenths of one percent. That's down triple our estimate of down two tens. And if we look at X transportation, well, transportation was the negative because without it, you jump up to up half of one percent. So I want you to understand it was the worst it had been in decades. And it was six tenths of one percent. And it was reported as terrible. And the stock market activity after that was in the turlet. Now, how far we've come. I mean, after all. That was when they were blaming everything on supply chains. And Pete Buttigieg didn't want to talk about the numerous ships just floating around like buoys. Now, here we are a year, almost a year later, almost a year later. Here's last month's factory orders. Right. Yes, factory orders and durable goods. Factory orders for January, minus 1.8 is expected. We end up with minus 1.6%. That's the weakest since November of last year when it was minus 1.9. If you strip out. Now, I want you to think about that. When it was 0.6, it was tragic. Market collapsed. 
Now they've built in the expectations of economic failure. It's all built in. And now 1.6 isn't as bad as it should be. This is what I mean when I say you adapt to Democrat corruption, Democrat failure, Democrat incompetence. And the fact of the matter is we're only halfway through the Democrat mafia coup d'etat of our economy. Because this illegitimate dimwit who stole the election is moving along exactly in the fashion he says. And he continues to go on and go on and go on about not finishing. Well, I'm telling my colleagues, don't leave till we finish the job. We got more to do. I'm determined to finish the job. I think what he's talking about is the absolute destruction of our economy, and through that destruction will be the backdoor nationalization of it. Because the Democrat morons that vote for this, they're fine with him lying repeatedly every time he opens his frickin' mouth. I did all we did and all the stuff you guys wanted me doing and some more, and we still cut the deficit in the last two years by $1.7 trillion. Liar. You've added more to the debt in two years than any president in the history. And that's saying something, because I remember who you were the vice president for. And I remember the scams and the scandal you had back then. The administration has used taxpayer money to place what is essentially a billion-dollar bet on electric cars. And this morning, we have a first look at one of them, a car that, for all its sleek design and energy efficiency, is also raising questions about whether it could end up as another taxpayer boondoggle. Fisker got a federal loan two years ago of more than $500 million. Oh, yeah. Did you think Solyndra was the only green energy boondoggle of the Obama? Does anyone remember the Fisker? Ooh, it was going to revolutionize the auto industry. The Fisker. And how did it end up? Do you know how it ended up? It ended up in the hands of a Chinese Communist Party member who bought it for a song. But I want you to listen how it was sold. And I want you to listen to the now dimwit in diapers. Back when he wasn't that bad, he was just known as a stupid, corrupt political whore. President Joseph Biden saying the company would employ auto workers in his home state, Delaware. Same this bulldog. is seed money that will return back to the American consumer in billions and billions and billions of dollars in good new jobs. And so far, the U.S. money has helped to create some 500 auto assembly factory jobs. But they are not in the United States. Rather, here at this plant in Finland. We're here standing today proving the beginning of what we're going to be able to say, the doubters were wrong about our ability to manufacture. The president and I have never doubted that we could write a new chapter in the automotive history of this country. Because we knew. Now, I understand most of the idiots that vote Democrat are too stupid to remember the failures of the Obama administration. But it's the same speech, the same bulldog, and the same failure will follow. And if anybody remembers what the economy was like under Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie Obama. It was so bad. Everybody knew the Duchess of Chaffington couldn't get in. For real. We not only had the best workers, we had the best innovators, the best, the best designers. The best of the best. And that's best. what this is about today. The best. It's about, it's about what we're about in this administration. What are you about? Rewriting All a right. new chapter for our economy. 
And today, thanks to the Department of Energy loan and the Recovery Act grants for vehicles, electrification, for the innovation of Fisker Automotive, this factory in Delaware and the industry are going to get back up off the mat. And folks, in so doing, we're going to help some of the best workers in the world reclaim their jobs in America. And America, America's auto industry is going to reclaim its world leadership. How did it Since end? we moved from the horse to the gasoline engine, there has never been such a big oh, change. Oh, this is Fisker himself. Right now, You're listening to the have... voice of one of the greatest German swindlers since the fall of the Third Reich. Fisker himself. Moving from the pure gasoline engine into the electrification of the automobile plug-in hybrids, for instance, like we're going to be building right here in this plant. But they didn't. The company went bankrupt. The land, the company, and all the rights to the electric cars sold to a Chinese Communist Party member. Hmm, who brokered the deal? Who did it? There was a report last week about how Ford's F-150 Lightning, their electric EV truck. Oh, this is, this is current, 10 years later. Same bulldung, same failure. Is contributing to high pollution and deforestation in the Amazon. Does President Biden regret endorsing that truck back in 2021? Has anyone talked to Ford about how they should source uh, aluminum for the frame from a different mine? Uh, no, doesn't, do not regret that and um, don't have any uh, conversation to read out at this okay. time. Well, let me ask you this, affirmative action sideshow Bob. What about Fisker? You remember when they blew half a trillion dollars of our money on other various Green energy scandals from Solyndra to Fisker. What about that? Uh, uh, regarding Russia's sanctions, I'm wondering if you could uh, share the reason why President Biden hasn't sanctioned the Russian billionaires uh, Vladimir Yevtushenkov and Yelena Batarina. Um, how, how is he handling the conflict of interest there, giving his son was a business associate of these two people? And can you confirm that as sitting vice president, he dined with Batarina in Georgetown? I, I'm just not speaking to um, anything that's related. So wait a minute. He, he also dined with the Russian oligarchs at the same time his son brokered the deal of Fisker to go to a Chinese Communist Party member? You mean to tell me that Joe Biden not only had a son that brokered a Fisker sale after the American people spent 50 billion, 500 billion, who knows how many fracking billions on scams that the Chinese Communist Party not only bought the company, but then had the technology, which is the explosion simultaneously of Chinese electric vehicles. All done by Joseph Robinette Biden when he could walk upstairs. And in the meantime, he was dining with Russian oligarchs that right now, he refuses to implement sanctions on? I mean, then we could have the whole idea that the sanctions never really are put on the other country. There's all kinds of loopholes. They go through Africa, they go through Italy, and all the rest. And the only sanctions are on the American consumer, which is why the factory orders suck again, you idiot. You see how it's all connected? Ah, what the hell does she know? She wasn't elected because she's smart. She was elected because of the complexion of her skin, the genitalias, and her sexual proclivities, which in the Democrat Party can get you all the way to the top. Yes, it can. I have an enormous pleasure uh, because our first uh, uh, spotlight speaker is someone I've gotten to know and admire and really uh, am proud of. Uh, so please join me in welcoming my good friend, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. What are you proud of him for? There has never been a more obvious failure in any government position, and that is saying something, toots. What are you proud of him for? Are you proud of him of uh, how he helped with the supply chains, or you just stopped talking about it? Are you proud of him for the air, the air traffic, 
or you just stop talking about it? What, what exactly? How about the train derailment and the crashes? What exactly are you proud of them for, Chubby? And, you know, one thing I'm, I'm not going to do is, is uh, complain about any frustration associated with coming to an agency and having work to do every day and finding that you're, uh, you're dealing sometimes with a noise machine that seems to have little to do with your day-to-day work and a lot to do with perceptions about your uh, real or perceived role in presidential politics. I- it would be very indecent of me to complain of that sitting next to you. Uh, so. Who achieved absolutely nothing except humiliating everybody that was a Democrat. But don't worry, people are taking their eyes off you. you got a new... A new moron to be ashamed of. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, huh? they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. Well, somebody asked his wife, his nurse. I mean, after all, she's a doctor, right? Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. Sure, because when you're changing him on the table, all he wants is his binky. You don't have time to talk, you idiot. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. AM560. The Answer. Oh, I love this song. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'll tell you, it was fun today, over the weekend, really, watching Hillary Clinton and her uh, Clinton Foundation back in action, and they're raking in money from dimwits. It's a bribery scheme to other Democrats, but I enjoy when they get together, because there's nothing more fun to me than to watch Hillary Clinton and her little feet dangling off of the chair, and Pete Buttigieg discussing policies of corruption and failure and pretending that they're good at something or they've achieved something in their life. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm humbled to have a word like trailblazer used when I'm sitting next to you and knowing all the cracks you put in that glass ceiling. Cracks? No, no, no. The cracks she put in are on a steel stool. She didn't put any cracks in the ceiling. She did absolutely nothing. No one elected her to anything except a couple of New York Democrats to pretend to be a senator. She never did jack. The idea we have to pretend. But then again, do Democrats really have to do jack to have their names appear in positions of leadership or high honors? The New York Times is a big feature on you calling you the Democrats SOS candidate, saying you're keeping your options open for a presidential run in 2024 in case Biden doesn't run. Is that true? No, I'm supporting Joe Biden. He's running for reelection and he's going to get reelected. I'm just, you know, happy that uh, people think of me in that way. That's certainly very flattering. Yeah. The only way people think of you is answering the age old question. What would Hillary Clinton look like in a suit? That's what the question you answer. Stupid. The idea that they're going to run on anything other than how they get in office. They steal elections. Rich Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? How was the weekend? Oh, it was fantastic. I have the time of my life. I like getting up at 3 in the morning, sending uh, Honey Bunny clips, and walking the beach. How about you? Good. I had a good weekend. It was good. You can't go for a walk in your area, though. You'll end up in a trunk like you drove into Mexico. Yeah. No, not really. It's not too bad around here. You walk 3 in the morning, kid. You You better walk fast. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, question I have to ask you is, 
Has Biden ever nominated anybody that's qualified for any of the leader positions that he's appointed? Anybody. I mean, I could think The of only way you get in these positions, no. you have to be a high up in the mafia. You have to be a high up. And here's, here, you know where Biden was speaking today. Here. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it very much. Please have a seat if there's one you have. I said that early on in my presence. I said, have a seat and then press the, the, the word fourth no time chairs. you told this stupid story. Press looked at he's so dumb he didn't even know there's no seats there. Folks, look, it's, uh, I want to thank your president, Eddie Kelly. He's been a friend of mine a long, long time. A lot of you have been great friends and good with my family. You know, I joined many of you virtually in October at the U.S. Fire Administration Summit on Fire Prevention and Control. I was told that I was the first president since Truman to participate, and uh, I made sure to do it because as long as I can remember, you have been with me from the very, very beginning. You know what he's talking about when he says you, right? He doesn't mean the actual firefighters. He means La Cosa Nostra, the unions. Oh, yeah. You got them and they got you. Now wear it, morons. Go ahead. Oh, that's that's all I had to say. I was just wondering. I gave you the the lead. This is why you probably never got a contract for signing a a, a football-wide receiver. I threw you the perfect pass and you dropped it. Thank you very much, Rich in Indiana Park. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, what's up? I'll tell you, you call earlier and earlier every day. You must be popping that Viagra around 3 in the afternoon. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But, right, you know, ahead. it's funny how Biden can go to the Alabama to the Selma Bridge with no problem, but those poor souls in Ohio, oh, I don't have the time to do this. You know, what a slap in the face, and I hope they remember that. When the election comes up in 2024 for Trump and uh, DeSantis, what do you think? Brother, you're relying on people that put these idiots in office, not because they represent them, but because they're willing to continue the corruption, whether it be direct welfare to people who don't want to work ever, or it's municipal welfare to people who want fixed rigged ghost jobs and phony pension schemes, or it's mafia members who are linked to cartel. Let me ask you a question. Here, here's a question for you, and I know yeah. you can't answer it, or I'm, I'm curious to know what you think. Garland went to Ukraine. He's the, the, the head of the Department of Justice. He's the AG. You had four people kidnapped who drove over the border to buy medicine in Mexico, kidnapped in a pickup truck. They got it on video. Why isn't he going to talk to Obador in Mexico? Yeah, Why isn't he good. interested in stopping the cartels? Because this is a mafia scheme. And by the way, when he went when he went to Ukraine, did he ask about the thirty million that the wife of the Ukrainian politician had in the, in the bag? Did he ask about it? No, he didn't ask. Nope. About it. Good afternoon to all of you. I'm here to express the unwavering support of the United States for the people of Ukraine in the midst of the unprovoked and unjust Russian invasion. Corrupt. I'm here to continue our discussions with myself and the prosecutor general of the actions that the United States is taking. He's there to make sure all the paperwork in the connection between Ihor Kolomoisky and the Democrat mafia are destroyed. All of it. Because if you think it's just Hunter Biden and Joe, you're thinking way too small. Never forget yep. the Duchess of Chaffington and the Clinton yep. Foundation. All the paperwork, all gone. And when you do, you just blame the Russians. In the meantime, I got news for you, Robert and Bloomingdale. Thank you for the call. The Russians, they're starting to blame us a lot. In early February of this year. By the way, Squirrel, this is the voice of Rutin Tutin Vladimir Putin. 
The North Atlantic Alliance made a statement with a de facto demand on Russia, as they say, to return to the implementation of the Strategic Offensive Arms Treaty, including the admission of inspections to our nuclear defense facilities. But I don't even know what to call it. This is a some theater of the absurd. We know that the West is directly involved in the attempts of the Kyiv regime to strike at the bases of our strategic aviation. Huh. You mean you know it's us bombing you and blowing up your, your The drones used for this were equipped and modernized with the assistance of NATO specialists. And now they also want to inspect our defense facilities in the modern conditions of today's confrontation. It just sounds like some kind of... He said bull... Dung. Only he really said it. Because their politicians let their people know what, what the American foreign policy is. And by the way, if Merrick Garland goes to Ukraine and he's not asked about the cartels that are destroying every big city, all led by Democrats, as the campaign coffers get richer, it's because he's in on it. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We are losing. We are weakening every single day. The dollars you earn are worth less every single day. This is what happens when Democrat failures and frauds are put in positions of power. To a certain extent, people recognize that. But when you have the repeated propaganda pretending that we're somehow better off than we were, the repeated lies and the ignorance to how dangerous the world is, as Vladimir Rutin Tutin Putin just let everybody know that he's fighting America, not Ukraine. And by the way, he's right. And that's why the Democrat oligarch Garland is there. Assist the Ukrainian authorities in holding accountable those responsible for the atrocities, for the war crimes that the entire world has seen. The United States is sending an unmistakable message. There is no place to hide. We, will, we and our partners will pursue every avenue available to ensure that those who are responsible for these atrocities are held accountable. What about the atrocities we commit? President Biden has ordered the re-establishment of U.S. troop presence in Somalia. White House officials say the troops will help local forces defeat the Al-Qaeda-linked Al-Shabaab insurgency in the... Oh, oh, pull up the old Al-Qaeda. But we use Al-Qaeda in Syria, right? Or are they... They're not called Al-Qaeda. We call them something else? See, I want to explore that corruption. I want to explore the corruption in the Sinaloa cartel in your party. Ferret face Merrick Garland, but you're in Ukraine because hmm. you're making sure that you're destroying all the evidence that would put every one of the Democrat oligarchs and upper echelon in handcuffs for the rest of everybody's life. Chuck and Dullivan. I didn't authorize him to go over there. I don't think you authorized him to go over there. He's an attorney Maybe general. What the frack is he doing there? Exactly. And the thing is, is that he should be up here in Minnesota and up in Kenosha and finding out and facially ID with a facial recognition, everybody that was burning them towns down. But that's not why I called. Right. Go back to what you said about the economy getting worse. 
I build big box stores. I work for a huge construction company up in Appleton, Wisconsin, and we're building a store right now. And uh, I'm supposed to finish this on July the 4th and go across the road from the Brat Stop right in Kenosha and put up another $50 million store. And guess what? The company we're building them for, they want to do 13 of them in the next year and a half. They said we're pulling a pin on all of them. That's exactly what's going to happen on every aspect of our economy. They're attacking energy companies. They're attacking business itself. They're promising new, onerous regulation, taxation, and persecution through the Gestapo IRS. This is intentional, brother. This is intentional. There's no question about it. Yeah. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. You're right in the middle. Hey, you're right in the middle of the boxing ring. They've never got you in a corner. You stay right in the middle and keep boxing. <laughs> you got it, brother. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I see them. I know what the fracking scams are. Absolutely got it covered. And I'll never forget how important it is you keep those scams running. I know I jump around a lot. It's part of what I do. But you can keep up with me because these stories are not individual. They're all connected. Every single one of them. From right there in little old Chicago, you think this kid who's sponsored by Tony Preckwinkle is going to be the next mayor of Chicago? You think, why would he be sponsored by Tony Preckwinkle? The fallout from Alderman Edberg's federal corruption charges is already impacting Chicago's race for mayor. CBS2 political reporter Derek Blakely is live at City Hall with more on how candidates are working to distance themselves from the once powerful alderman. Derek. Erica, three mayoral candidates who've been associated with Ed Burke in various ways are now furiously pointing their fingers at each other over who's tighter with the tainted alderman. But one candidate is named by prosecutors as having received money as a result of Burke's alleged strong-arm tactics. I am dismayed by Alderman Burke's apparent abuse of his position for personal gain, breaking the public trust. But Tony Preckwinkle, no doubt, is also dismayed by prosecutors' allegations that Alderman Ed Burke asked the Burger King owner he was allegedly shaking down to donate $10,000 to Preckwinkle's campaign for county board president. That's the tip of the iceberg. It's the infrastructure of La Cosa Nostra, the Democrat mafia, that is important. That's why when you're going to get, what the hell's his name, Brandon what, Johnson, you're going to get... Tony Preckwinkle, you're going to get Ed Burke. And it's the same mafia that ties all the way up to this dimwit in diapers, Joe Biden. It's the same scheme because their money is, is approved and comes from government. They need the government corruption. This is what we're fighting. And that's why you're seeing it all the way out into foreign policy. Why would they defend the most corrupt former Soviet Union country in existence, Ukraine? Why? Because they get their money flows going. That's all it is. Jim and Lyle. Sean, speaking of scams, either the Clintons are the most luckiest people in the world or they're diabolical. Think back to the last year. First of all, first of all, let me ask you something. When somebody comes out of the womb and they look like Chelsea, would you call them lucky? So I think we can eliminate lucky. Go ahead. I call her Webb Hubble's daughter. Go ahead. She's the puggle of people. Go ahead. All right. So think of his last year in office. The Duchess of Chapington is going on a listening tour of upstate New York to see if she's viable for a Senate candidate. Uh As if Terry McAuliffe wasn't already having millions in the bag for her. But there was one thing in her way, JFK Jr. Do you ever let your mind go there? 
Well, I'll tell you what, the whole world would have been different had that kid learned how to fly better or whatever your case is. I understand where you're going with it. I've read all this stuff, and I get it. Listen, I think the, I think that his father was killed from entities within our government. What do you think of that? Absolutely. So Absolutely. why would they let the kid go? And if you look at who his, what his policies really were, he's a conservative. More than a conservative. He's an American. He believed that. I, I hate that word conservative. More, he's based in capitalism. He's a capitalist. He was, anyway, a capitalist. He wanted to put the restraints on government. He wanted to let the people free. He's the last Democrat to ever do so. And by the way, here's the other thing, Jim. You know where else I let my mind go? He's arguably the last establishment Republican that wanted that. Why do you think Boy, old man Bush adopted Bill Clinton? Because he liked Hillary? No, because he's in on the same frauds, the same scams. Absolutely. And by the way, where was old man Bush when Kennedy, C- JFK, was killed? Where was he? Thank you very much. I appreciate right. it. Yeah, we like to talk about that stuff. I know it's not the normal radio show, but it's better because I'm putting it all together. And that's why when you hear Chris Sununu, you do know who his father was, right? Am I the only one who knows who his father was? Portly guy, stupid looking in the face. And he was George Bush Sr.'s chief of staff. Think about that when you hear this. The RNC uh, chair, Ronna McDaniel, says that, that she wants to have candidates sign a pledge. They'll support the Republican nominee, no matter who it is, if you want to participate in an RNC-sanctioned event. Are you comfortable signing that pledge as, uh, if Donald Trump's involved? Yeah, look, I, I'm a lifelong Republican. I'm going to support the Republican nominee. When you look at what's coming out of the White House, it, it isn't Democrat policies. It's real left-wing, extreme agenda-type stuff that is not in the best interest of this country. And I have no doubt that any solid Republican is, is, would be better than, than, um, than what comes out. As far as former President Trump, I think he's going to run, obviously. He's in the race. He's not going to be the nominee. That's just not going to happen. Um, and- And the establishment Republicans will make sure he's not the way they made sure he's not president. They were cohorts in the corruption of our election. Theft. The victimization. They needed him out because he didn't support their policies of scams either. After all, he couldn't stand the war machine and work tirelessly to destroy it. That's why he'll never be the nominee again, because of Republicans who vow to vote for other Republicans. Don't buy that line. They're cohorts of corruption. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. Squirrel, you're too young to have lived through the Bill Clinton years. Oh, that son of a dog, man. That's a slick, silver-tongued son of a gun. You never heard Bill Clinton? You know, he's old. You see how decrepit he looks. That's from years and years and years of sex with cheap hookers. Uh, he looks terrible, and yeah, he's got the whole thing to pedophile island, but he's still slick as could be. First time I ever got on an airplane after oh, I left the Oval Office. Boy, what a bummer. (laughs) Somebody said, when do you really know you're not president anymore? They don't play a song when you walk in a room. And you're back on commercial air travel. 
Now, see, Squirrel, this is what Joe Biden tries to do. He tries to create a relationship, entertain, and then slip in a policy that he knows is terrible for the society. But he does it anyway. He tries. But I want you to hear from the master. This is how you sell ice to Eskimos. So I'm taking the shuttle from New York to Washington. Right here, Squirrel. And it's really a compelling flight attendant with a very intense stare looked at me and she said, may I talk to you? And I said, sure. She said, you know, my husband loves you. He's a jazz musician and he teaches music in school. Brilliant. So he was always for you. She said, but I really didn't care about you one way or the other (laughs) until the Family Medical Leave Act. See what he does? I I have a sister. Until the Family Medical Leave Act. So now you work in the policy. That's what Joe Biden's trying to do when he trips upstairs and fumbles and talks about doctors removing his skull. Cream Puff Jim, he remembers a good, slick-talking Democrat, don't you? Hey, Sean, I was going to say, uh, CPAC, I guess it's CPAC, they finally came to the grand conclusion that they've got to start harvesting votes. I thought, you know, it took a couple of years and they come to that conclusion. Yeah, they got cheated. Well, was, no, they want to cheat. Yeah, I think well, that's the wrong answer. What do you got in your mouth there? You're chewing a sandwich while you're talking to me? What do you got going on there? No, I just, I, I, I had to get up and uh, it's, I got a parakeet. And I, I, you got a parakeet? Don't eat that parakeet. You sure you didn't no, no, I a don't, couple I, of no, no, chewing no, sandwiches? No. You sound like you need some dental work done. You all right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a psychic. I was just going to say, I'm glad that they came to that conclusion. Because when they start harvesting, and uh, the Democrats start harvesting, I think farmers will come. Uh, Jim, do you know that's yeah. why I don't go to that stuff? You know, I was invited. I don't go to that stuff. I don't go to that stuff because whenever you, you your idea is to do something that you disagree with better than the people you disagree with, now nah, you lost me. So I don't call myself a conservative. I don't care what they do. And anybody who calls themselves a conservative but would sit idly by as anybody named Romney destroys the Republican Party, you could you could go sit with those conservatives. Thank you, Jim. You would have blended in. I hear the food was spectacular. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Uh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. And, hey, you got to move around a lot because... It's a wonder how you can keep up with all the different things that are going on in this world nonstop. I mean, it's just can't keep up with it, but you I do a it. damn good job. Uh-huh. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good thing you can move fast, Sean. That's one thing. Hey, so here's what I want to mention about. They were trying to build that uh, police training facility over there in, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, what's the uh, Atlanta? Atlanta. 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 Thing. Then all hell breaks loose. The leftists come out there. They're burning that place off. They're shooting all kinds of of uh, commercial fireworks that are really dangerous. They're, they're you, know, you know, like bombs. I mean, shooting them at the police. They're burning everything down, burning the equipment, tearing everything up. You don't hear, you don't hear nothing from the, the FBI. The, no, no, the, that's the, called infrastructure. I got to go. I got a great guest. I got a great guest for you, Craig. Don't be mad at me. You're going to love the next guest after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. My next guest is obviously somebody 
you know. Brilliant is not the question. He uh, has scientific expertise in virology, immunology, molecular biology, pathology, and pharmacology. But aside from all of that, what he has is something that can't be taught. And it's something most people pretend to have. It's integrity and it's courage. And nobody has exemplified these qualities more than my next guest. He is Dr. Robert Malone. His new book, Lies My Government Told Me, and The Better Future Coming. Dr. Robert Malone, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you for that lead-in, Sean. I think you and I both share a commitment to hard work and bootstrapping from what I hear about you. Oh, thank you. We do. And, and, and it was such an honor to watch you do this in the face of what I can only imagine is the kind of pressure most people would have folded under in the first week. Yet you stood fast. <laughs> it's been a for, deep learning curve. There's no question about it. You know, and I keep thinking about your life and what it must have been like. You, I mean, I, I know all you know pretty much everything there is publicly to know about you. But tell me a little bit of what you faced, and it must be in this book titled Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming. How did it all start? You saw a problem. And then I saw you come out very early on. When was it? It was about February, wasn't it, when you came out? Of 2021, um, I was active in all this starting in January of 2020 when I got that phone call from Wuhan from a CIA officer who told me I needed to get a group spun up to uh, help address this novel coronavirus uh, that was popping up and circulating in Wuhan. But uh, I did a threat assessment and, and got a volunteer team pulled together. And we focused on drug repurposing and trying to find uh, pharmaceuticals that would prevent people from dying. But it was only when they rolled out the vaccines and really started just completely abusing all norms in terms of bioethics that I really, um, felt like I had to say something. And I thought it was, frankly, doing, you asked what it was like, it was bloody scary. And uh, basically, I knew I was destroying the business that I had built over decades, the consulting business, because the gubbies and uh, pharma don't like people that stick their heads up and uh, jibber jabber on social media. And so if, in order to speak truth about what I saw going on, I, I had to make a conscious choice about whether to, you know, functionally destroy my business in order to speak truth or just stay quiet and, you know, keep my head down and hope that I didn't get shot. Uh, and, and obviously I, I, I chose to speak out. And it's not been my first time going through that and, and being a whistleblower. Uh, I knew I could survive it. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing having friends and having a strong marriage. Uh, you can survive a lot if you've got those two things. But uh, it was a little dicey at first, and and uh, uh, certainly I had some uh, uh, rapid heart beating uh, from time to time. Well, Doc, I wish I lived close to you. I would have uh, been over every night in your driveway smoking a cigar. But the reality is. You should have been you should have been tipped off the first time when a CIA guy called you. Why would a CIA guy call you? Doesn't that seem peculiar? Well, I in the biodefense world, uh, the intelligence community is thick all the way through it. And if you're going to work in this biodefense space, 
you encounter intelligence people all the time. I once had a retired CIA guy as a business partner. Uh, and uh, Callahan is somebody that I had co-published with in the past. He's been an advisor to multiple presidents. He's, he's been the guy that uh, our intelligence and infectious disease community basically parachutes in to all kinds of hot zones for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but he also happens to be probably our top expert, at least within the intelligence community, in gain-of-function research. And so, they have to be, uh, because bioweapons are the norm for the last you know, 30, 40 years. This is something that's been going on, correct? Yeah, and uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where everything is compartmentalized. I have a secret clearance or had an active secret clearance uh, from Army in the past. And so I'm aware of some of the things that have gone on in our biowarfare program, but everything is compartmentalized. You don't really know what's going on. It's all separated and segmented. And so, uh, you know, if you're in this business, you gather intelligence from whatever you can to try to triangulate truth because, as, as we've all seen over the last three years, you sure as hell can't trust the media for anything. No, and the, and the fact that they have very little questions on Pfizer's research and development lab that was opened in Wuhan in 2009, and the fact that they must have known that Eco Lab uh, uh, Eco Health Alliance had been a, a liaison between Fauci and government and 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 what was going on there. I mean. You look so, at that and so to, it, that, to your point, to your point, um, in January, when the whole issue of the lab leak started cropping up, and at the time I was working with the sequence that had been uploaded as the Wuhan seafood market virus in computational modeling for drug discovery, uh, and I asked Callahan uh, whether or not this might have been an engineered pathogen. And his response was, my guys have been all over this, and there's absolutely no sign of it having been engineered. Now, we know in retrospect that was a lie, but that's the problem with dealing with these folks from the spook world, is they're really adept, trained liars. And you have to learn how to kind of smoke out what the truth is and see between the lines, read between the lines with the limited hangout strategies and all these other deflections and stuff that they do in order to figure out what is truth, because it's a bizarre, weird landscape where, you know, everything, everything you think, you know, is subject to being changed in a moment. But one thing that you you wear on your face is that you're not good at lying. So you start to see. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I hope we play cards before I die because I'm driving your car home. But the reality is this. We saw right that there was that. some adverse effects to the vaccine, and you saw this, and you came out right away. How in the world did people ignore this for so long? Is it, was this part of the strategy, in your opinion, now that you see it on a, a grander scale and have the, the benefit of looking back? So we've all been subjected to three years of military-grade, and I don't say that lightly, military-grade psyops fifth-generation warfare. And in many cases, like the 77th Brigade in the UK, it's well documented that these are military units that have been propagating this against the civilian population. And we still seem to have uh, defense contractors or subcontractors that are active in Twitter and social media um, and other venues, actively sowing uh, discord and disinformation 
and acting to shut down anybody who is trying to have a responsible dialogue about what is really going on. So it's no surprise, you know, the whole world and certainly the U.S. population has been subjected to three years of of highly developed uh, military psyops. And it's no surprise that many people are functionally hypnotized. Uh, what's been shown for years, Adolf uh, Huxley knew it back in the 40s, is about 20% of the people in the population are very resistant to this kind of propaganda and to um, uh, being hypnotized. 20% are easily hypnotized, and the remaining 60% are kind of in the middle. You know, they can easily be swayed with the proper tools. And that seems to be what's happened here. And unfortunately, once they're, once they're under the effects of that kind of a propaganda campaign, it's really hard for them to break free. And we can see that still in, in the communications, uh, you know, the poor souls in the grocery line still wearing face nozzles. Yes. Um, after all, you know, it's, it's clear what's happened. I, and what, I, I believe that it should be illegal for the government to do this, because as soon as you subject a population to this kind of technology, the whole concept of sovereignty, which I suspect is near and dear to your heart, yes. goes right out the window. It becomes irrelevant. People are thinking and believing whatever the government wants them to think and believe. And to me, there's no, there's no doubt that this is a plan and that the, the, the world governments, those government supremacists among us, are winning, and they're moving full speed ahead. But I, Well, I, to your point, Event, event 201 um, clearly documented the plan. Uh, and the people that did the planning, this is the event that was held at Hopkins in the spook shop, uh, funded by the World Economic Forum and Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, as an investor and somebody who's savvy in, you know, the Chicago investment world, imagine this. Uh, you spend a little bit of money so that the government has a planning session about how it's going to handle the next outbreak. And you get all the inside scoop about what they're going to buy and what they're going to do. And then you can just make your investments appropriately. I mean, it's, it's a sweet deal if you're Bill Gates. And this is something that I'm assuming... You saw most of your career. You saw the, the collusion and the corruption between Big Pharma and the government apparatchiks that were making the decisions. You're talking literally a trillion dollars in this pandemic uh, of profit to be handed out regardless of the effect. It's truly, the if greatest, you look at it from a scoundrel standpoint, transfer, it's perfect. The greatest upward transfer of wealth in the history of modern man. So now that and, you're on the outs. Uh, have I seen it? Yeah, I've seen it, and I've been aware of it, but I can tell you my peers and I have never seen anything like what has been deployed over the last three years. Talk about shock and awe. Yeah. A globally harmonized propaganda campaign, the scale of which none of us have ever seen before in our lives, that totally distorted reality. It's it's uh, a, a CIA um agents uh wet dream what's happened yeah. here they've been able to shape reality to be what whatever they wanted it to be that it has demonstrated the incredible power of fifth generation warfare tools and now the better future coming part of your book this has to um be undeniable to drag so many of that 60 percent who are willing slaves to government uh failures and corruption and supremacy 
you're seeing the results and the unreported side effects. We've even changed the word side effects. Is this going to get worse before it gets better, in your opinion? Uh, good question. A very dark question. Um, uh, this has been in the planning, this, this series of capabilities and steps that we're now seeing deployed by the WEF and others. That's been in planning, you know, and by the U.N., right? Agenda 2030, open borders, all of this has been planned for, for decades. We're not going to undo it in a year or a year and a half. We're not going to undo it by Trump winning the presidency, no matter how much fire and brimstone he wants to rain on them. No. Uh, it's going to take, it's going to be the rest of our lives and probably our children's lives to really uncouple this. And I think what we're going to be faced with is the need to start building locally. You know, that old saw, think yeah. globally, build locally. We're going to have to build um, uh, uh, intentional communities. Uh, and, you know, those of you who may, some people think it's childish. I still uh, touch back in my own mind to Ann Rand uh, and Galt's Gulch, hence the name of my Substack, uh, who is Robert Malone. I love that. Uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna have to build uh, communities, and those intentional communities are gonna have to have some way to tunnel through and communicate, and they're also gonna have to have some way to have some financial token. I use the word carefully. I'm sure you understand, and your audience does yes. what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. That can allow us to exchange goods and services because you know shipping bags of wheat back and forth or frozen steaks is just not going to cut it. No. Um, and I, and I don't see, I don't think anybody has come up with any alternative other than, uh, uh, decentralized, uh, cyber. Um, uh, you know, and, and I think we're going to, we're going to be facing a huge effort to make, uh, decentralized cyber currency illegal. With regards to the, to the vaccine in hindsight now, with everything you warned us about and everything you saw. Should people who are not vaccinated get the vaccine, in your opinion? Absolutely not. Uh, virtually everybody now has been infected, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. And the CDC and the FDA conveniently overlooks the incredible depth and capabilities that have been deployed to document this phenomena called immune imprinting. And... Uh, but this is coming out of the top labs from all over the world, like Stanford was one of the seminal ones a year ago, February, a year ago last month, that documented this problem. And the more jabs you take, the more it damages the ability of your immune system to recognize the new variants because it's driven everybody's immune system to focus on one particular protein of an extinct virus, the original Wuhan 1 strain. And... Uh, this is a huge problem. The data are clear. The more jabs you take, the more likely you are to be hospitalized. And this is according to the Cleveland Clinic, massive study, top um, uh, medical center. Mm -hmm. And uh, from all over the world now, there's evidence that the more jabs you take, the more likely you are to die from COVID or with COVID. And uh, now, now we're seeing a lot of other effects, long-term adverse effects. Of course, we have the story of uh, the died suddenly cause unknown people yes. uh, that are younger. Uh, and 
I, I fear that what's going to have to happen because there's been so much suppression of information that it's just going to have to become so overwhelming that people, you know, a large fraction of people know of, of others in their lives, immediate relatives or friends or family that uh, have had major vaccine injuries or damage. And rumor has it that uh, this awareness that these jabs are killing people is creeping into the billionaire elite uh, Swiss uh, um, cast, let's say, really? including some the that are that just so, including some that uh, I'm right now I'm under, uh, you know, a gag order. But oh. uh, I oh. hear that there are people in very large non-governmental organizations at high places that have been vaccine damaged. And and there's an awareness that if they don't respond appropriately uh, and somehow manage the blowback, uh, that they're going to have a long-term impact uh, that is going to be difficult to manage. I, I keep, I've been to, uh, see the members of the Conservative Party uh, a couple weeks ago in the UK in support of Edgar Bridgen, for instance. And my counsel was, if you guys don't come to terms with what's happened here and you don't start to allow people to know uh, what what has transpired, you're risking civil unrest. Uh, you know, it, the longer you delay letting off the steam here, letting off the pressure, the more likely you're going to have some uh civil unrest problems. And I hear rumor that, uh, and certainly I sense it when I travel to Europe, that um, there is a a lot of building anger in, for instance, France and Germany right now. How times have changed. Now the Europeans have to lead us in fighting for free choice, freedom, and liberty. But in the meantime, you did it. Americans seem to be asleep at the switch right now. They're all hypnotized. Well, you weren't. You've been doing it since the beginning. I've been a fan of yours forever, and I will be forever. And if you ever need me in any way, shape, or form, please do not hesitate. In the meantime, uh, the book, Lies My Government Told Me, and The Better Future Coming. I w- this is when I wish we didn't have any commercials, because I could talk to you for an hour. Um, yeah, where can the people go? Yeah, another hit calling in, so I've got to jump on them, oh. or I'm going to uh, cut them short. I'm very sorry about that. I'd no, listen, you... You are a blessing. I'll take it easy on you. I'll bring the cigars. You bring your checkbook when we play cards, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Robert Malone, on behalf of my grandkids who are not born, thank you for fighting the way you did. You you are a true blessing to America. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. That's very kind. Again, I hope we can talk again soon. Absolutely. In the meantime, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. The patent holder of the mRNA spotted a problem. Went to the government. They ignored him. They intimidated him. He went to the public. They embraced him, and the government still intimidated and attacked him. When I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, Son of a Nazi what we bastard. are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, so we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that 
half of this cabinet or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economic forum half of trudeau's cabinet how many democrats so do you think he needs to make it official and say he's running so that there isn't more speculation or people considering other options I don't think there's anybody that's serious that's actually considering running against Joe Biden. You went there, Pritzker. You went to the son of a Nazi of the Third Reich, World Economic Forum, and touted all of your wares. And in the meantime, the propaganda mill is still in effect. I will just say before we do that, um, just as a personal plea from me, if you have been putting off being vaccinated for whatever reason, don't agonize about it. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about that. And, you know, get you defensive about it. Just make a fresh decision now. Take a fresh look at the issue now, looking at what's going on now. No matter why you have put it off in the past, no judgment. Now is the time to actually go do it. Yeah, go do it. I dare you. Tom in Blue Island. Well, Sean... I knew my president, and I he's still my president, and I think he was a great president. I knew he screwed up when they were talking about Operation Warp Speed with a vaccine like you're creating a hypersonic weapon or something. He got suckered. Uh, Dr. Malone, great interview. You just had him, and he, and he just said we've had a psych op against our own country. Our own country's attacking our own people. They yes. did it to get rid of Trump, and now look where we're at, buddy. And I'd like to know the pressure Trump was under. I'm not making excuses for him. What he did was outrageous. He should have had the courage of Dr. Malone and stood up in the face of it. But one thing's for sure that you should know. He is still the president. He's just the victim of a coup d'etat by the greatest usurper political whore this country's ever seen. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of american politics Ta-da! i think we can pull the- and and the reality is he's right and now the schemes whether it be big pharma the military industrial complex the foreign policy skullduggery imf world bank world economic forum they're all back in action john garfield ridge hey sean appreciate you taking my call how you doing tonight good thanks for making it i appreciate that yeah, you got it. Uh, I'm glad you had Dr. Malone on, man. He's been uh, tremendous throughout all this crap. Um, you know, who would have ever thought that uh, we'd get to a point where a doctor showing integrity, courage, uh, that would be the exception and not the norm. Huxley uh, I mean, this that. guy's got to feel like it. he's got to feel like a, he's on an island by himself with, well, going through this. I mean, did you hear you who know, he was medical- quoting? He was quoting Aldous Huxley. He was quoting Ayn Rand. Did you hear how he names himself? Because... When you have yeah. principles, the money doesn't matter. Because some people, most people say, oh, I'd do that too. I'd risk my money. I'd risk my reputation. I'd risk my fortune. I'd risk my future earnings. But very, very few people do it. Dr. Robert yeah, Malone well, did it in the face of the most effective propaganda wing and Fourth Reich that this country's ever seen. And he did it, and it's he's still here to talk about it and he still has the sense of dignity because that's something money cannot buy that guy is somebody who will never be intimidated or bought that's an american hero thank you very much john i appreciate the call i agree appreciate it brother thank Thank you you. george in naperville 
Sean, when they closed down the economy, they told us to stay inside. I looked out my window, and when I didn't see people dropping in the streets, spitting up blood, I was like, what the heck is this? Now, I'm not saying it wasn't serious for some people, but it it was an individual decision. And I felt that it was the wrong decision. George, I could have talked to him for an hour. Because the question that I, I needed to ask him, and I will ask him, is, is it going to take more deaths from the side effects of the vaccine than there were from the pandemic, the weaponized, the most successful bioweapon invested by the American government and executed by pickle-faced Fauci? Well, Sean? Is it going to take more people to die from the vaccine than the COVID for people to pull their head out of their ass? Or is Sean, Rachel can Maddow, I say one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. The people I loved, I, you know, that were scared, I said, well, do what your doctors, you know, what's your doctor say? I mean, I didn't know what else to say. I no, know how I felt that. about it. We all did that. And for the oh. first time, the most obvious thing happened. Good doctors were attacked. Bad ones became rich, just like every government fascistic nation on the planet, government central fascistic nation on the planet. And in the meantime, the information was stifled. And we still have good solid representatives who want to be like Robert Malone, who've displayed courage in the face of intimidation, and they're still being ignored. Chairman, uh, I'd like to start just by making an appeal to the chair, uh, not only of the full committee, but also to my new chair of uh, Perm Subcommittee Investigations. We have Senator Marshall, Senator Paul, myself are very interested, as I think the American public is, uh, in the origin of COVID. I think with the recent uh, revelation now, the Department of Energy is uh, tending toward a leak from a lab. Um, We need to understand exactly how COVID started so we can prevent it from happening in the future. I think this committee, we have the investigatory background, uh, certainly my subcommittee does, and I would truly encourage the chairs of the full committee and permanent subcommittee investigation to cooperate with us and quite honestly start a full-fledged committee investigation into the origins i think it's extremely important as well as you know other aspects of the our response to covid which i certainly have my my viewpoint on that Uh, the house is doing so i think in a pretty bipartisan fashion there should be nothing partisan about this whatsoever so i I really encourage uh, you but senator johnson you unfortunately have to beg corrupt Democrat mafia members led by the most gargoyle-looking politician I've ever seen in my life, Chuck Schumer. Chuck the Schmuck Schumer, who is in in charge of the Senate. And his loyalists are the ones that Ron Johnson is talking to. And that is the greatest protection the mafia ever had. But there might be a new sheriff in town, hopefully. But what may have stood out the most in today's discussion are the two vaxxers who say, given the option to get the shot again, they wouldn't. From that day on, my life has been turned upside down. I immediately got ill. I, I was experiencing uh, stroke-like symptoms. I woke up the next morning. I was in terrible pain. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. This is Steve Ordonia and Michelle Utter. They were among the group of educators and medical professionals in Tuesday's roundtable with Governor Ron DeSantis. After receiving doses of the vaccine, they say their bodies reacted, disrupting their daily lives from that day forward. It's stories like these that has Governor DeSantis seeking legal action from the state Supreme Court. He is asking them to impanel a grand jury to investigate any wrongdoing involving COVID-19 vaccinations, specifically the mRNA vaccine makers. In addition, 
He's creating a new committee to fuel information. In Florida, uh, we're creating uh, what we're calling the Public Health Integrity Committee. It's a committee of expert researchers that will uh, be able to assess uh, recommendations and guidance uh, related to public health and health care, but particularly being able uh, to offer critical assessments of things that uh, uh, bureaucracies like the FDA, CDC, and NIH um, are doing. And in the meantime, a state rep from Fort Myers put forward a bill to take all of the vaccines off the shelves and make certain that nobody from the age of 18 to 49 is given the most obvious if your kind failed drug ever introduced to America, but clearly the most profitable for big pharma scum. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. We don't have time, but I wonder if Rachel Maddow is brought to you by Pfizer. It would make sense, wouldn't it? Because we really cannot afford you having to go to the hospital right now. Oh, we can't afford you lying to the people and getting paid $30 million a year to do it. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Wear your mask, take your pills, now a whole generation better I'm hard on David and Lansing. Normally he ruins segments, but he may have an excellent point. He may have an excellent point, David and Lansing. Where are you? Hey, Sean. Um, there's a theory that pops up once in a while that the virus, the first people to get infected were at the military Olympic Games in 2019, October. In Wuhan. I was wondering, why aren't people on the right talking about this? And do you have an opinion on that? Well, I believe it's the greatest bioweapon ever released in mankind. I think it was it was definitely con- created and, and, and distributed by governments around the world. And I still have another suspicion. I don't think any of the connected politicians took the vaccine. I think the vaccine is clearly part of that plot. But what you're talking about is the 7th Annual Military Olympics. There was only seven. Did you know that? Uh, did they have an eight? I don't even know if they had an eight. And the 7th was held in Wuhan, 109 countries. They're elite military. It's a perfect way to start an infection. I mean, it's a theory, but I still say the virus isn't worse than the cure. It's the cure that we have the real problems with. This comes as the Food and Drug Administration announced strict new limits on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because of rare side effects. Now, J&J is only recommended for people who can't or won't get one of the other shots. CBS 2's Jessica Moore spoke with a woman who says she wished she knew about the side effects sooner. Everybody wishes they knew. And in the meantime, what's the media doing? What, are, what is the media doing to investigate both the origins and the so-called cure that seems to be killing a lot of people? What are they doing? If you're unvaccinated, you have a much higher chance of getting this newly transmissible variant we had never seen before, before a couple of weeks ago. Rachel Maddow makes $30 million a year. This was a year ago. She got a raise in a new contract. Is it just because she's lovable? And it's the unvaccinated people who it's going to make sick. And we really just cannot afford for you to have to go to the hospital right now. I mean, looking all around the country, depending on where you live, there is a very good chance there's no room for you in the hospital right now if you need to go. And if you can somehow get a bed. Lies. Because you got COVID and you got sick from it because you weren't vaccinated. If you are able to get yourself into a bed, you're going to be filling a bed that somebody else really needs. 
And they want amnesty? Three years of our lives. Five million dead. How many from the vaccine? How many from COVID? See, until the number gets bigger on the back end, vaccine, we're still going to keep turning to our abusers for all kinds of solutions. And what happens to all the kids? I mean, aside from the ones that don't die, how many kids are now on antidepressants? How many kids are turning to Big Pharma, the perpetrator, the beneficiary of the greatest misuse of American government in American history? ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Never forget, William Randolph Hearst told us, he who controls information controls perception. We're living in a dystopia led by the most corrupt people on the planet, the American Democrats. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The reaction by the government to COVID was something that nobody could predict. The reasons why are arguable, but the effects on your economy are not. It's a different world. What it exposed was that there are different ways of governing. If you predicted the Democrat failures and you didn't move from the Democrat area as you wish you did, it's a sad state of affairs, but it couldn't happen without the government becoming fascistic. So it set the tone for the future, I think. It'll set the tone for the recovery as well. My next guest is somebody who studies only the data. In particular, he focuses on economic data at the Heritage Foundation. He is also a senior fellow at the Community to Unleash Prosperity. Not the government kind of prosperity that throws you into mediocrity for perpetuity as you become a useful, willing idiot to government supremacy, but the kind that built this country in the shortest amount of time to the richest quality of life. Capitalism. His name is E.J. Antoni. E.J., how are you, handsome? Sean, I am, uh, I'm hanging in despite all the lunacy around me here in D.C. It is truly lunacy, as you see. And what you're seeing now is the implementation of this idea that Joe Biden and this band of merry political whores can somehow stare, steer us into prosperity rather than pay the consequences of the party that destroyed the economic freedom of America. But there are some places that fought this off. Is that not true? No, that's, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, the, the states are laboratories of democracies, right? Federalism is a beautiful thing. And the states are able to go their own way as long as they don't stray too far from the federal government. And during the pandemic, really before the pandemic, but during and after, we've seen different states do different things. We saw New York and California lock down hard. We saw them jail people for trying to live their lives. But what did Florida do? Florida basically said, 
to hell with it. And Florida opened every almost everything back up. They did it very quickly. They did it relatively safely. And so once you do things like you adjust for age and the health of the population, et cetera, you find that states like Florida didn't even have a higher death rate from COVID. But what they did have was a lot of people trying to move there to escape the draconian lockdowns in their own states to try to get a taste of freedom. Years ago, when I was at the Mercantile Exchange, we were talking about different ways to invest and companies, and you could break it down as small as you want. And and, and a a guy much older than me, much smarter, told me when I was a young kid, money goes where it's loved. But you could expand that to prosperity goes where it's loved. And what I'm seeing on the ground here, my other, you know, my business before radio and during radio is real estate. And I've lived through a lot of booms and busts, a lot of demands, a lot of different trends. But today, for example, I came to the show thinking I had locked up a deal when 10 minutes later I get here and another offer came in from another citizen leaving a Democrat state. What we're experiencing here is a demand like I've never seen, bidding on top of bidding. And you're realizing it's not people buying investments. It's not people buying vacation homes. There are a thousand people a day moving to my specific county, call your county, every day. And they're leaving strong Democrat hubs. And when they get here, they want to come here because they want to take partake in the freedom and mobility that this state guarantees you. And it's really the weather is a component, but it's not the main reason. It's because this state fought off Washington, D.C. And I'm wondering, as long as Joe Biden's in there, I predict this will continue. No matter how bad the economy gets outside of Florida, Florida has the the principles of Americanism that will always allow the people to thrive. Am I wrong? No, no, that, that's absolutely right. You know, there's a couple things there. First, in terms of you know, prosperity goes where, where it's treated well, that's right, because it all has to do with people. Look at what the Soviet Union did when they went in, for example, and, and they would go into whole areas and kill all the farmers and then try to give it to uh, the, that land to other people to take care of, and it always failed miserably. Why? Because you got rid of the people who knew what they were doing. You got rid of the people who knew how to create prosperity. After both world wars, Europe was, was basically flattened, and yet it was able to recover each time. Why? Because the people who knew how to recover, who knew how to recreate the prosperity, remained. It's all about the people. And so as these different blue states, for example, just hemorrhage people because of their terrible policies, whether it's tax policies or lockdown policies or or a lack of school choice or or the, the ridiculous gun control policies that don't actually control guns, whatever, you name it, people don't like those policies. They're fleeing. They're moving to places like Florida. And that is why Florida is just, as you said, it's growing like gangbusters right now, and the economy's booming, and it looks like it's going to continue to do so. One of the fascinating things to witness is, in, in years past, the population similarity between Florida and New York are almost identical. New York always was considered to be a hub of employment, jobs, and whatnot. Yet over the last short three years, is that still the case when you look at just the raw data in jobs? No, you know, it, it's really amazing how Florida over the decades has, has just been slowly creeping up on New York as New York has, has just completely stagnated, really. And now, even though going into the pandemic, New York had about three quarters of a million more jobs than Florida. Florida today, for the first time ever, 
has more jobs than the Empire State. And it's because Florida has not only recovered everything lost during the pandemic, but is now growing even faster than it was at the end of 2019. Whereas, again, New York has basically flatlined and still hasn't recovered three years later, still hasn't recovered to pre-pandemic levels. There are two main differences that I think will guarantee the prosperity of the future as far as it comes to Florida compared to any other Democrat sewer state. And that is they're union free. The unions exist, but they exist on a volunteer basis. The state now for a teacher's union does not pay the dues to teacher's unions. The, the, the individual teacher has to pay that. So that has dropped off precipitously. Uh, but the, the idea that they were seven hundred over 750,000 jobs richer, and now they can't say that for the first time ever, they pretend this is rich people. But what I see are working people that are taking advantage of this. And at the same time, those working, working people benefit from the fact that New York has, what's the state tax in New York? The income tax? Oh, state dear income? goodness. If, I mean, if you're, if you're in New York City, uh, the, the lowest income tax rate you pay, the lowest rate is higher than the base rate in Pennsylvania of 3%. That's the lowest possible rate in New York City. The highest rate can go to 13%. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I was aware of, 13%. And yet, Florida has zero state income tax. So this isn't a state where rich people who retire come be, to reap the benefits of finance. It's where working people, where that 13% makes a difference. Whether you're making hundred grand and it's 13000 or you're making fifty grand and it's 6500 it means more to the working man than it does the rich man. So if you're a working man, there's only one place to go. And it's not, it doesn't have to be this state, but it's these eight states that still remain tax-free. Yet have the ordinary man, has the ordinary man been able to put together the states with the highest tax have the lowest quality of life for the non-rich man? Do they understand that? Oh, goodness. You know, that's a really good question. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure the average Joe, unfortunately, has, has figured that out. But, you know, you're, you're talking about like the working man, not just the guy who himself is working for somebody else. But what about the guy who's employing other people, the guy who's got his own business? You know, one of the best things about Florida, it actually has one of the top business climates, tax climates in the entire country. And so when you compare that again to like a New York, an Illinois, or even like a California or a Connecticut, which are all ranked near the bottom in terms of trying to own a business. I mean, you have people fleeing and they take their business with them. And then the people who are left behind, who used to work at those businesses, are now trying to figure out what to do, where to go, and where are they finding all the new businesses popping up? States like Florida. And that's why they're going there. I have, uh, I have kids that are getting started in the workforce and um, they're gonna start down here. And it's funny to watch every business I don't care what it is, whether it's a retail business, whether it's a service business, every business is looking for people. And I'm also seeing something I've never seen. I'm in the West Coast, which is historically, the old joke is this is God's waiting room, right? This is what you've heard of the West Coast of Florida. Yet, when I look around in traffic, what I see on the streets, they're primarily young people. Is the data been broken down to age it, it has, as a matter of fact, and what we're seeing in Florida, unlike other states like Texas, in Florida, the age, the average age of people moving into the state 
keeps declining. So, yes, people go to Florida because they love the weather and they want to retire there. And, yes, we have more baby boomers today who are retiring and, you know, in subsequent generations. That's all true. But guess what? The weather in Florida hasn't changed in the last 50, 100, 200 years, right? It's the same today as it was yesterday. So clearly, it's not as if the weather all of a sudden changed, and that's why everyone wants to move to Florida today. Maybe having you know the lowest crime rate in half a century has something to do with it. Maybe having such great educational options is the reason why young couples with kids are moving to the state. Again, that's a demographic which continues to grow in terms of who's moving to the state of Florida. And and since I mentioned Texas, one other thing, you know, Texas likes to crow about the fact that more people are moving there than moving to Texas, but or excuse me, are, are almost as Florida. many are moving to Texas, right? Almost yeah. as many are moving to Texas as to Florida. But Texas is a much bigger state. And when you look at these things in percentage terms, you realize that Florida is blowing Texas out of the water. It's a staggering fact um you know in in illinois they use a statistic of people moving in versus people moving out and they claim that it's not as bad as the the raw numbers of 330,000 that have moved out since uh, covid since the government in, in illinois embraced fascism but has there ever been a study done and i'm asking you this i'm putting you on the spot has there ever been a study done in these democrat strong areas how many of the individual citizens that make up the urban areas receive government sustenance, welfare in one form or another? Has that ever been done? Because I have a sneaky suspicion that it would be staggering. Oh, oh it, it is. It is. And, and what we find uh, in, in those studies is that basically there's a very strong correlation between how blue a city is and how large the city is and the percent of people on welfare in those locations as you as you get away from these very large and these very democrat controlled uh cities the percent of people on welfare shrinks dramatically and interestingly so do things like crime now welfare comes in all forms uh one thing that chicago illinois is known for is corporate welfare they bribe companies to come in they um remove taxes from new companies that old companies have to manage and navigate through and build their businesses on. Yet when new companies move to the area, they alleviate them for 10 years and 15 years, as you saw with Boeing. And there's some pharmaceutical companies in my old neighborhood in Melrose Park that did that. Um, is there a lot of corporate welfare in Florida? No, no, not, not much at all. I mean, you will obviously find a few instances, but you know, when you have a very low corporate income tax rate and when it's a flat 5.5%, so it's not like in New York where it starts out low and then it quickly ramps up to double digits, but you're talking about a low, flat rate, you don't need to hand out a lot of corporate welfare to get businesses to stay. And you, know, you can look at, for example, uh, the IRS will provide data on on uh, how money is moving, the same uh, employer identification number, where it was last year and where it is this year. And you can see states like Illinois are hemorrhaging billions with a B of dollars because these corporations just can't make it in those states anymore. And so they're moving to states like Florida and they're taking that money with them. They're taking not just the income, but their employees and the taxes that the employees would have paid as well, not just income taxes, but sales taxes, property taxes and everything else. And so these these corrupt 
governments, again, in places like Illinois, are really shooting themselves in the foot because they're chasing away their, their biggest resource. I started my show today discussing something I haven't heard, which I thought was kind of big when it came to economic news, and that's factory orders. Factory orders was always watched as a precursor, a precursor, excuse me, to um, a leading indicator of what business would look like in the next quarter and the following quarter and the one after that. It used to be that any decline in factory orders was considered bearish. year ago, uh, I have CNBC, Rick Santelli going crazy over a point six decline in factory orders. Yet now, we, they, they released January's, and it's 1.6. Are we just getting used to terrible economic news during the Biden regime? Uh, you know, I think we are, because this is the second, if I remember correctly, this is the second of the last three months that has come in negative. And you know, we've seen new orders. If you look at the different Federal Reserve uh, uh, regional bank surveys, we've seen new orders, especially for manufacturing, just drop like a rock over the last year and a half. And all of that, you know, is, is a good forecast of future economic growth. And a lot of businesses are just running on fumes right now. They're, they're finishing up the last of their orders, unfilled orders they had during the pandemic back when, when they couldn't find enough people to work or they couldn't get uh, enough material because of supply chain problems. And so, yes, I, I think the economy is absolutely, you know, running on fumes at this point. Employment right now is literally the only indicator, the only one, uh, especially manufacturing employment, the only leading indicator that is showing any kind of growth ahead. Everything else is pointing in the other direction. I'm sympathetic to some people who need welfare. I've been poor in my life, and uh, my mother refused to go on it. She would just get more jobs. But I've been sympathetic to people who have to turn to welfare. Up until I think that it's something that people raise generations on. Has there ever been a study done on people that have been on welfare and then go off? What is the percentage? I'd be curious to know. When you have a welfare system that that offers as much as benefits equivalent to $100,000 a year of income, hasn't the system been set up to discourage and then forever turn you into a government growth supporting voter? No, that's 100% right. That's spot on. And while I don't remember the number exactly off the top of my head for the like the percentage of people, for example, that get off of the government dole and, and stay off of it, what I do know is, is that if you look at the percent of people who say they are happy, it is about half if you look at those who are on welfare and stay on it perpetually, as opposed to those people who, let's say, lose their job are unemployed for six months and then get right back into the workforce and begin working again and are no longer on the government dole. The percent of people who say they are happy is twice as high among those who are working and only use welfare temporarily as a stopgap. And you may say, well, who cares if, if they're happy or not? That has to do with suicide rate. That has to do with, uh, with marital abuse. That has to do with drunk driving and drug use. I mean, you name it. There are a whole list of social pathologies that are tied to happiness falling below a certain level. Your committee to unleash prosperity. If you were advising people who had the ability, I know you have to live in D.C., but if you were advising people to get started and wanted to live prosperous, where would you advise them to live? Oh, dear goodness. I, you know what? I have a hard time saying any other place but Florida. 
I mean, I mean, really, when when you look at the the tax climate there, the educational opportunities. I mean, it is such a great place to raise a family. I, I, I have again, I have a very hard time picking any other place but Florida. Well, I've got good news for you. I've got a wonderful place for you and I to go have a cigar when you visit me down in Southwest Florida. In the meantime, I visit you on almost a daily uh, uh, process because you're always writing. Right now, your new article will be released in Miami Herald, I believe. Where can my people go to see your stuff on a daily basis? Because I go to Heritage, and I seem to get pretty much all my E.J. Anthony that I uh, can can get my eyes on. Where else can they go? You know, they can also find me uh, on Twitter at Real E.J. Anthony. And what I'll do is every time we get one of these economic releases, like factory orders that you were mentioning, I'll post a short summary, usually with some graphics to help people understand and get what they need from these big reports so that you don't have to read through it all yourself. Thank you for that, and it's going to help people make the decision so at least their kids and grandkids don't have to suffer under the abuses that uh, so many Illinoisans, New Yorkers, and people from Pennsylvania, and anywhere there's a Democrat leadership have to endure. E.J. Antoni, thank you for what you do, babe. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. When you step back for perspective and you look at what's happening in our society, our, our acceptance, our ability to adapt to a corrupted economy, that's the problem. The schemes are... Obviously diabolical and obviously planned out. And the real problem is we keep rewarding the scammers. We keep reelecting the scum. Now, in Joe Biden's case, we didn't have to do that. He cheated. But do we have the fortitude to correct it? That's the real question. It's nice to see some establishment media pull their head out of their ass and ask a decent question for once in a while. So if the president had allowed the Keystone Pipeline, the Keystone XL, to go forward, it would have been operating today or very close to being turned on today. Any regrets about canceling that project and any consideration of reversing any energy policies for a more balanced approach going forward? So look, the president has been uh, very clear about how he how he's approaching the energy uh, space. Uh, you know, he does it in a way that is responsible. Uh, he does it in a way that delivers for the American people. There's nothing. He does it in a way that's responsible. Wrong. He does it in a way that delivers for the American people. No, no, no. He's just doing what he always does. He's scamming people, telling them it's good for them. This is what he said in 2013. In case you missed the first opening segment. Administration has used taxpayer money to place what is essentially a billion dollar bet on electric cars. And this morning we have a first look at one of them a car that, for all its sleek design and energy efficiency, is also raising questions about whether it could end up as another taxpayer boondoggle. By the way, in 2013, a billion dollars was something. We weren't used to the idea of just wasting money the way we are now. Fisker got a federal loan two years ago of more than $500 million. Vice President Joseph Biden said the company would employ auto workers in his home state, Delaware. This is seed money that will return back to the American consumer in billions and billions and billions of dollars in good new jobs. And what was the penalty for lying, for stealing the money, for wasting the money? What was the penalty? They hired him again. So now to hear him... F- now we're, we're butted up against an imaginary debt ceiling. And by the way, the debt at the time he did that was $10 trillion. It's now 30 
Two trillion. And even the government says stop. What does Joe Biden and the Democrat mafia say? Is the president going to come back to the table with McCarthy to talk about it? What's the, the plan here? He never came to the table to negotiate on the debt ceiling. That was not something that occurred. That is not something that's happening. We've been very clear we're not negotiating. We've been very clear we're not negotiating, she goes on to say. You're not negotiating. Who, who in the hell do these people think they are? They've circumvented all rules of the republic. They've usurped all powers. And when we ask about the election? No, 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 no. You're not going to ask. And who, how, how did this happen? This happened with the complacency and the cooperation of the establishment Republican. That is represented, ironically, by a new generation. The second generation of scandalous Republican frauds. The kind who sat idly by through, during Bush 1 and Bush 2. The name Sununu is not a name that should be entertained. It's a name that should be rebuked by anybody who knows what this family is. And the idea that we have a, another kid take over for his pappy as he was the governor of, of uh, New Hampshire. And now his son is the governor just because he has the same name. Tells you, pay attention to these people. Look, you're, you may be running to lead a party that did this yesterday. The Texas Republican Party censured a Republican member of Congress, Tony Gonzalez, who won a swing district, okay, in an area that, you know, it's not always easy for Republicans to win. And his two sins were supporting a gun uh, reform bill following the, the shooting at Ovalde and uh, for cod- voting to codify same-sex marriage protections. And I looked at what he was censured for, and I'm like, boy, they haven't met Governor Sununu yet in Texas. <laughs> well, look, there, there are aspects of the Republican Party, whether it's the Texas Republican Party, the New Hampshire Republican Party, all the different uh, groups that are out there. Uh, they have their own vision. They have their own leadership. They have their own agendas, of course. Uh, that's why, as candidates, we have to be about what we're about, what we're going to deliver, uh, the accountability that we believe in, standing up and making sure we actually not just win the election, but show up and actually do the job. That's mm-hmm. what ultimately galvanizes support around you. And Republicans cannot win without independence. It cannot happen. So- yeah, but you can't win without your base, Sununu, you fast-talking scam artist of a second generation. See, I remember your positions on some key points, such as murdering babies and gun control. I remember the Sununu scum when it came to foreign policy swindles and phony information to start wars. I know who you are, Sununu. Do the rest of the people who think you're some sort of, what, conservative or Republican? That's why it's time to break the duopoly of corruption that the Sununu branch represents, and they hated Trump. And they'll hate whoever stands opposed to the government supremacy that they share with the Democrat mafia. The abortion issue is one that I think is twisted. If, if the crime issue is twisted, the Democrats and knots, the abortion issue is twisted, the Republican Party and knots. A lot of people dismiss your candidacy by simply saying the Republican Party is never going to nominate somebody who calls themselves pro-choice or has been identified as pro-choice. Uh, how do you change that sentiment in the party? Well, the, the whole dynamic around that issue has changed, right? So uh, m- most governors are taking it upon themselves to either if they're pro- See, this is what a swindler talks like. The whole dynamic has changed. Dynamic, the dynamic of a principle never changes. This is how you're dragged into the deep waters of government supremacy. They want you to believe that the principles of right and wrong have changed. They have not. But until people of the Republican Party start to stand up for right and wrong, You're subjected to this kind of fraud because Sununu now today is polling higher than he ever did. 
And he could very well be the nomination, the nominee, and he will get it. Listen to the glee in Chuck Todd's voice. Chuck Todd, an apparatchik of the Democrat mafia, as his wife is a queen lobbyist. Very rich. Pro-life, they're moving to ban it. And in some states, they're making that choice. That's between them and, and their voters. Uh, there are some governors that are, are looking for this whole, you know, pro-abortion stuff up until the day of birth. And we'll see where that goes. That's, that's terrible. New Hampshire has a 24-week rule. Some states have 20 weeks or 16 weeks. That's where we all are, right? So we all provide, the majority of us provide some choice in, in some fashion. But if you're pro-life, then those governors are going to truly ban it. Uh, if you're pro-abortion there, and the rest of us are kind of in the middle here. So I just think the fun In the middle. Boy, that's an expression you're going to hear a lot of over the next two years. Aren't you in the middle? What's in the middle of right? Just the degree of wrong. That's what the Democrat and Republican mafia want you to believe. That's how you get to a a debt of an insurmountable, inconceivable amount. And we pretend this time we'll get it right. Sununu doesn't have the gravitas, the understanding to know the economic destruction his father and that party did to this country. They're just as culpable as the Democrat mafia. Not to mention the foreign policy of destruction and mayhem. Don in Bloomingdale. Sean, what DeSantis is doing down in Florida is ingenious with these investigations into the correlation between the vaccine and illness. Because what a lot of people don't understand is when the government grants immunity for anything, in return, you have to uh, agree that if there's bodily injury, the immunity disappears. So that's what he's doing. He's, he's I can't wait to vote, to vote for the guy. He's ingenious. This I is the it. way to kill the the, sl, the the slave master. You have to because the idea they were given this immunity that calls for a real a real investigation, right. and it's a real right. red flag for me. Thank you very much, yep. Don and Bloomingdale. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. (laughs) Trying to calm me down for the last segment. I don't get calm, squirrel. Your psychological warfare on me isn't working like it is in America with the CIA and the pandemic. No, no, no. Doesn't take care. In the meantime, people think, oh, he's going to vote for DeSantis. He picks that. That's not true. I'll tell you who I like. I don't know much about him, but I'm looking into him. And every time I hear him talk, I like what he has to say. Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. So let me answer that question in two parts, okay? First is Article 5 convention. I'd say do it. It's going to be good for the country. I don't know that that's something that's gonna, what's going to come out of it. Article 5 convention will be good. I've never heard a politician say this, because you do know what the Article 5 is. That, that, that means we've recognized that this government is exactly what I accuse it of being, a mafia. The United States Constitution was written to form a more perfect union that would enable checks and balances to prevent a bloody revolution from being a necessary measure to abolish tyranny. Excellent though it was, Colonel George Mason feared the national government might one day end in a tyrannical aristocracy. The rights of the people needed to be secured against potential corruption at the national level. One of the solutions the framers decided upon can be found in Article 5, which gives state legislators the authority to call a convention that bypasses federal legislators to amend the Constitution. That gives we the people the opportunity to make some long overdue structural adjustments. You want to stop the debt problem? Article 5. 
You want to stop the foreign policy, waste, fraud, and abuse? Article 5. You want to stop Big Pharma dictating every policy this country has? Article 5. You want to board up K Street and free up Main Street? Article 5. There's only one politician that's talking about it. Vivek Ramaswamy. But I think that that is a space that allows us to have the conversation that I care about. What does it mean to be American today? We live in a 1776 moment today. This is not about red versus blue in the year 2023. This is about the 1776 question that unleashed this nation at places not too far from where we're sitting today, 250 years ago. We're overdue for that conversation. And you want to have an Article 5 version of it? Well, you know what? That's internal to the Constitution. That's within the system and how it's supposed to work. I'd say have it. I'd like to be there, and let's actually have that debate in the open. Now, on the specifics of the issues, I like them, but they're not thinking big enough, right? If we're going to take the trouble of getting that thing together, why do you want sunset clauses just for elected officials? I, I like that as much as the next guy, but for the administrative agencies, right? I think that the permanent state's the problem, because, I mean, states like this one, you got 400 representatives, great, in the, in the assembly, awesome, they got to come back to you every two years. They get paid 125 bucks or whatever. Sounds like self-government to me. It's a pretty good system. But we don't have that for the, for the cancerous bureaucracy that actually runs the show. So I would just be a little bit more, if we're going through the trouble of convening it, let's be a little bit more ambitious about what... I like the sound of that squirrel. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about eliminating schemes, payoff schemes that have been enriching. The most obvious liars among us, the Democrat mafia and half of the Republican Party, if not more, ESG. Uh, Ms. Fox, thank you for bringing this uh, up to us. This affects a lot of people, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Have you seen some numbers? Uh, oh, my gosh. Don't, don't look at it. Let, let me just read them for you. 747,000 private sector employee benefit plans, 673,000 welfare benefit plans, 2.5 million health plans. 152 million workers totaling $12 trillion in assets. And that's what is going into the ESG scam to pretend you have electric cars and all the other bull dung that's enriching this mafia. You're going to break it apart. It's going to take a man who speaks up against it. I like that Vivek Ramaswamy. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Ron DeSantis. We'll talk about other solutions to the mafia, which is, unfortunately, Washington, D.C., I'll do that in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 